thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. And then we were just, we were just away. I mean, away from kind of everybody uh, the whole time. Got some food from Costco and we were up there by ourselves. And uh, after this, Renata and I had looked at the forecast and we thought that there would be some snow, but not the amount of snow that was up there. And um, so it started to kind of build with anxiety, started to build with like a little bit of, oh man, I don't know if we can get down the mountain. And so uh, I, I began just to, to make phone calls and to kind of think about how we're going to get down the mountain in our truck. And um, I say truck, you know, the people that live up on the mountain wouldn't call it a truck, but you know, whatever. Uh, uh, actually, the longer we were up there and the more I dealt with these, there was two guys that lived up on the mountain, um, Danny and Jeff. And I started to feel like, um, like they were both curly from City Slickers. And, you know, I was like, you know, just, just anybody know? Okay. Uh, if you know me and you know, anyway, I, so I felt like um, I didn't know what I was doing. And so anyway, one day I, um, I, they came out and Jeff came out and he was helping us uh, get the snow out of the driveway. And I said, I showed him my truck. I said, hey, you think we're going to be okay getting down the mountain? And he looked at me and he just, he looked at me with such disappointment. Like, who are you and what is wrong with you? And, and I just knew that I was in kind of for a disaster. And um, and so I, uh, I began talking to people and, and, and I began talking to people about how to get down the mountain. And, and, and the amazing piece for me is that um, just down the road was a guy named Danny. Danny was, uh, he lived in Manhattan his whole life and he had spent the last 20 years in, uh, just living by himself up in this cabin. And, uh, and, and, and when it came to it, Danny was a lifesaver. Because uh, Danny, um, he was telling me what to do. Uh, but it turned out in that moment, I really didn't, I really didn't want a map. Um, I knew I, I needed more than a map on how to get down the mountain. And, and, and when I was up there feeling the emotions, like I, compared to you, I'm incompetent <laughs> on this mountainside. I, I don't know much about chains. I mean, chains that go on tires. I, I, I'm not that great with four-wheel drive confession. Um, I mean, my, my thing is Logos Bible software and highlighters, baby. I mean, like, like the level of expertise of what I had on a mountainside was so small that I was, I found myself in a bit of a, a desperate place. So, so I didn't care just about a map. And, and, and the truth is, like I talked to, you know, some people on the phone and they gave me a pep talk, like, okay, just throw it in four wheel drive and put it in low and go slow and. And as much as a map or even a pep talk was nice, it wasn't enough for me. I just, I didn't, I didn't have the confidence that I could do it. And so I said to Danny, hey man, I know this sounds crazy. And I know that uh, this is asking a lot. Um, but hey, listen, you've been living up here on this mountain for 20 years fighting bears. And um, I've only been up here <laughs> for about 48 hours. But uh if there's a way that you would guide me down the mountain, like, I just, I, I, would you go with us? And he said, like, you mean, like, you want me to actually t- 
take the risk with you. I said, yeah, like, you, this seems to be like no big deal for you. But truthfully, I really care about that girl, Renata, my bride. We've been married for a long time, and I want to make sure she's safe. And I know these kids, you know, are uh, just, you don't even know them, but they mean the world to me. And so, uh, now the great thing about Danny was he was about five foot five. And so I just, I felt like we were at home. I was just hugging him and, and, uh, and I said, hey, will you guide us down the mountain? And uh, so, so, so he did. And so you got to imagine on the last day there, uh, we're, we're coming down the mountain. I've got, I, I've got, I've got it in, in, in low. I've got it in, you know, I'll try to remember all these words. You know, and, 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 and I'm going like, like one mile per hour down the mountain. And it's kind of like, if you've ever been, um, I kind of felt like, I kind of felt like if you were on a ski lift, and um, you, got off the, you got off to go skiing and you just drove a truck down. Like, that's what I felt like. It was like just driving down. I mean, it was just snow and ice. And, and, uh, and when I got to the bottom, um, I was just so grateful. Like, we made it. Uh, and so I literally just said, Renata, just, just, just give me all the cash we have. I just want to give all of it. Just how much do we have? Just give. Because in my heart, I was just so grateful. Like, hey, you, you led me down the mountain and I'm alive. And so I... I was just so filled with gratitude. A true story. I just, I just took out all the cash and I was like, here, Danny, I just want you to, here, just thank you. And uh, he was like, well, let me give you my address in case you want to send me some more. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> that's a true story. And, uh, <laughs> because in the moment, I just felt gratitude for the guy that helped me down the mountain because I was in this desperate place. I was just reading John 8, meditating on this this week, and I was thinking about our tendency. When we don't really have a whole lot of need to be dependent on Jesus, because we live in, in the global age, we're living in the information age, and we've got so much access to so much information all the time, that if I was really confident in myself, and I really didn't think that, that, that I, if I really thought I could do it, maybe a map would do. If I really thought I could handle it, maybe a little pep talk, maybe some advice from somebody. But when I was really confident that I can't do this, I am weak, and I need somebody who knows the mountain well, then only a guide would do. That's, that, that, that's, that, that's what I wanted. I was thinking too about even just how it's amazing how the people who really start to understand Christianity are the people who are the most broken and recognize that they're really, really weak and they just start to say, you could just have it all. Just, just, just take it all. And the people that say, I'll give, I'll give a fraction, I've got some, it, it's oftentimes, even when we study Jesus, it's oftentimes the, the outsider, it's the one who is the most broken, the one who recognizes that they can't do it. So, so John 8, right before this text is, is the story of the adulterous woman where Jesus says, where are your condemners? Or John 9 is the story of the blind man, the next story, who Jesus heals. John 21 is the story of Peter, the, the betraying fisherman. And he finally recognized that even in his own strength, and he thought he had a lot of strength. He was the one that said, even if I have to die with you, I'll go to, I will never disown you. And finally, he realized, I am weak. I'm broken. And it's actually those people that recognize their brokenness and their weakness that say, I can't handle just a little pep talk. Hey, nice to have a preacher on a Sunday. Nice to have a little Devo. Nice to watch a little YouTube video. But a pep talk won't do. It's not enough. 
Even telling me seven habits to do this for the Christian life, it's not enough. I'm broken, I'm weak, and I need Jesus. I need a guide. I need Jesus the light. I need Jesus to help me. And it's actually in the moment today, if you look at me and you say, I'm in this place of brokenness. Things are so challenging. Here's what's going on with my family. Here's what's going on with my health. Here's what's going on with my friends. Here's what's going on with my finances. And I'm in this desperate place. It could be that it's in that moment that you start to be one of the people that really understand what it means to let Jesus be your light. It could be that, it could be that in the broken moment, that you actually become most dependent and that in becoming most dependent, you really get what Jesus wanted from you. So most of us live because we have so much. Like I've had the privilege just by, just through missions work. I've had the privilege of seeing people in really broken scenarios. And when you talk to them about Jesus, it's their life. They, they, don't, they don't have a hope. They, they're not living with a promise of some kind of financial security or some kind. Jesus is their entire resume. And sometimes I think for us, with all the abundance that we have, and I'm, I'm so grateful that we do. And yet in the midst of all of our, all that we have, all of the security and all of the wealth and all of the opportunity to go fulfill all your dreams, I wonder if it can become an obstacle to actually what Jesus was talking about when he says, I'll be your guide. I'll be your light. You can follow me. If you'll follow me, those that follow me will have the light of life. So this picture here in John 8 is a great picture. And uh, in the context here, you've got what was called the Feast of Tabernacles. And so this was a moment where Uh, the Jewish people would be remembering and celebrating the way that God delivered them from Egypt. And that feast was focused on on celebrating his leadership of them in the wilderness. So you had God leading them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And when you read the Exodus story about how God led them with a pillar of fire by night, let's just take a moment and imagine what it would look like If in a present tense sense, your life looked like Jesus being your light, because that's what Jesus is saying here. He steps out onto the scene and they've been celebrating and, and they they would, they would take a moment and in order to remember the wilderness, they would actually set up these booths and they would, they would live in tents during this feast. And then they would celebrate the water on the rock, water from the rock. And then they would celebrate with big torches, the, the light, uh, leading them at night. And so there would be these big torches. And that was the context where Jesus looks at the celebration. He comes out and he says, Hey, I am the light of the world. So that statement is looking back and saying, this is what you're celebrating. Hey, I've got good news. The one who led you in the wilderness, standing right here. And you're just like, I mean, they would have been like, what? Think about a movie that you've watched where at the last minute, everything changed. And you're like, wow, jaw dropper, right? Or for you sports guys, when you're watching a, 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 a game and all of a sudden just 
How on earth did that happen? I mean, fourth and 32, and he got it. I mean, you're just like, no, what? Okay, multiply that times 10,000. That was this moment. Huh? And Jesus says, I'm the light. And you got this picture, I'm the light of the world, and, and whoever, whoever follows me. Now, that's a big statement because it's whoever follows follows me. So I think sometimes we would think, okay, maybe here's the light of the world and I'm going to kind of do my thing. And every once in a while I look at the light, but not every once in a while I look at the light, but he who follows me. So I want to invite you to that moment where you said yes to following Jesus, that, that salvation moment. And one of the things I like to say when we invite people to follow Jesus is that this is your first step, but it's not your last step. In fact, we want to continually Say, Jesus, you're my light today. And have the way that I live my life look differently because I'm choosing to follow the light. So if you were living in the wilderness and you're following a light, you're holding on to that light. Like that light goes somewhere, you go where it goes. And this picture comes all, goes all the way through the scriptures, right? Jesus says, I'm the light. We've even got, we've even got a story about the at Jesus' birth, following a light, following a star. So this, this picture, we see it a lot. It's following the light, and there's, a, there's good things. There's more to be had. There's a leader that I'm following that is the light. And so in the midst of whatever you're going through, I, I want to invite you just to recognize. I, I, John, he loves to tell the story about broken people that Jesus reaches out to. They're following this light. And, and, and there's a few pieces in this that, that we could study with light. The, the first one I, I want you to think is just the light. It leads me. And my goal is for you to think present tense. I think oftentimes, for me, maybe not you, but maybe it's just me. I think it's easy for me to, to lose track of on this day, what does it look like for Jesus to be my light? How, how, do, I, how do I follow him today? How do I let him be my guide today? I was thinking about even just going down the mountain with, with Danny from Manhattan. And when Danny breaks, I mean, I was breaking. When Danny goes left, I go left. If Danny goes and he's trying to just get a little bit of that fresh snow on the right, I don't know why, but if he's doing it, I'm doing it. And in the same way, as you look at the word of God and your word is a lamp into my feet, a light into my path, and so you're bending your life around the word of God every day and saying, this is my light. So you become the people that love the word of God. You become the people that say, mm, even though I don't have full comprehension of understanding everything and I couldn't necessarily say all the seven arguments and defend all in a culture that's making me give my why over and over again. And I don't necessarily feel like I have the intellectual ability to defend everything all the time. Here's what I do know. Jesus is my light. The word of God is true. And the word is a lamp into my feet. And so I'm going to be obedient to the word of God on this day. And Jesus is my light. He leads me. So I've got my yes first and my conviction that the Bible is true and that I'm going to follow it. And no matter what I'm going through, the word of God remains constant. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to obey what the scripture says. And Jesus talks about the word. And Jesus, when he, in John 16, he talks about the Holy Spirit, and he talks about this language of guiding or leading. He says this, John 16, 13, speaking to his disciples, but 
When he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Just pause there. It is possible for you to live a day, a week, a year following Jesus as your light. Getting the word of God inside of you. The word of God, it's a lamp into my feet. You know, the interesting thing about a lamp, a lamp only shows you so far. (laughs) Maybe what, 10 feet maybe? I don't know, a really amazing lamp, a little bit further, you can only see the next few steps. And I found in my own life of obedience to Jesus, that's about all I can see. He'll give me some next steps. And, 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 but you know, I don't want next steps. I, I, want a, I want a destiny, baby. Like, show me. When I, show me what this is gonna look like. Convince me. And ultimately, we do that because we want to hold on in our own fear and our own security and our own control. I mean, we live in the information age, so we can get any information about anything, and we can get any YouTube to tell us how to do anything. So we want to hold on. We want to control things all the time. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll say that it's because we're planning, or we'll say that it's because we're smart, but it, a lot of times it's motivated and driven by fear rather than trust. And so... so so we don't want a lamp. We want a spotlight. Boom. Show me my future. But here's what he gives you. I'll give you just enough strength, just enough revelation. Give me your obedient step forward. Jesus, I'll follow you. And, and, and he'll lead you. So the light leads us. But the light also dispels darkness. So this is the good thing about Jesus. I always think about Jared Anderson's song on this. The demons run and flee at the mention. Anyway, you don't, but. <laughs> King of majesty, there is no. Anyway, um, but, but when you think about the, the reality that if I'm following Jesus, light and dark can't coexist at the same time. And so as I follow him, Instead of spending our lives talking about the darkness, instead of spending our lives even studying the darkness, I want to invite you to spend your life knowing Jesus and then being surprised the way that the presence of the light causes the darkness to flee. So I just know that I live in a culture where because we love self, we love to study the things that I struggle with. And it's easy in time to become so focused on me and the, the dark things that I struggle with, and we've left out the light. But the good news of the gospel, and when you look at Jesus and the people that follow Jesus, I mean, this is a promise. I mean, this is a, I mean, just, I mean, you just read this verse for what it is, and you've got a metaphor. I'm the light of the world. And then you've got, now here's what I'm gonna claim that whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Oh, you just stop there. Whoever follows me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through some challenging days. But when you're talking about my trajectory, where this thing is going in eternity, Jesus is saying, come on. Whoever follows me. And this is this, that whoever. That's good news because that's us. You're, a, you're part of the whoever. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. But here's the promise. I'm going to give the light of life. You have eternal life in Christ, in Jesus, because of Jesus, who Jesus is. So, so that very light that would lead the children of Israel 
in the wilderness. I mean, think about that reality. That light can lead me in this relationship that I have in Christ, what Christ has done for me. So that promise, that promise becomes powerful. And I'd love for you to think even in your own life about when I'm walking with Jesus, so many of the things, the depression, the fear, the lust, the greed, the bitterness, the revenge, the hate. The best way to get rid of the darkness is to focus on Jesus, the light. Get it in your life. This is a silly illustration, but I remember when I was, uh, when I was 16, uh, I was, in, I lived in Oklahoma City, braces, mullet, what's up? I just had one of my friends yesterday from high school send me a picture uh, of me with my mullet, and he was like, I'll bet you like that mullet now, you know, and he was like, but I haven't seen, I haven't seen him in 20 years, but he was, but he was like, looks, looks, looks like he could use some of that hair from back then, you know, like, he's making jokes, and I looked at his picture yesterday, and I sent it right back out, I was like, just so you know, you looked a lot better then too, you know, like. So we're teasing each other. I literally have not seen him since 1994. But anyway, um, sorry for that. And, uh, but but I, I, worked, I, I worked at a place called Time Out for Burgers. And uh, it was, it was it, I, I went uh, just recently, I took my kids down to Oklahoma City to show them uh, where I worked uh, at, at the burger place. Um, and what I'm about to tell you will help you realize that that place is no longer there. Uh, it's gone. Um, because when I would go to the, the dish pit, you know, to, to wash dishes and, and turn on the lights, yep, and you just see all the cockroaches just flee, right? There it is. There's the illustration, right? Yep. Then you sell a burger. Here you go. Bless you. All right. <laughs> it, it ain't there no more. Uh, here's the deal. You turn on the light. You turn on the light. Flee. And so I just, I, I'm just amazed how often we're just, instead of going to God as our guide, we go to Google as our guide and we study the darkness so much. I want to invite you. I'm not pretending like those things aren't real. I, 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 those are real. Those struggles are real. And it's an issue of order. What's first? I'm going to turn on the light every day. I'm going to get close to Jesus. He is my light. He, and, so, and so I'm close to him. I'm walking with him. Jesus is my strength. Those, those who follow me will never walk in darkness. I'm taking that in. I'm making that my claim. I'm saying, those who follow me. So I have decided. I have decided to follow. Yeah, but I'm, I, I, got, I got seven different things pulling on me. This is, there is one. I am the light of the world. So this is, there's only one light. If Jesus is the light, well, no, no, no. Nathan's going to hit this on April 10th. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's, there's one way. It is Jesus. I don't know. That's kind of narrow. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's narrow, baby. He said it. It's a narrow road. Only a few find it. So I, you, just, you just come in and go, all right. Jesus, the light of the world. And whenever you just even read about Jesus, he, this, this picture of him as light, it bleeds through the scriptures. Like that moment in Matthew chapter 17, the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus shines bright. 
And actually, right here, you remember that, that story where Peter's like, uh, should, we, should we build some tents here? It's because it's of the Feast of Tabernacles. It's like, oh, so, you, you are the light. Oh, yeah. But if you're Peter, if you're, the, if you're those disciples, you're going, I think he is who he says he is. He's, he's shining bright. I mean, that's a powerful moment. If you're John, Revelation 1, and Jesus appears in that kind of brightness, and you fall like a dead man, you're going, ha, 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 you are who you say you are. Acts 26, when Paul describes Jesus on the road to Damascus, it's that he is, he, he says that he was shining brighter than the sun. Sun's pretty bright. And yet, when Saul, who turns to Paul, goes to give a description of what Jesus is like, he's talking about the light of the world, he says, brighter than the sun, shines bright. So when we're talking about, I am the light of the world, it's as if Jesus' deity, for just a few moments, burst through his humanity. And you get just these couple moments where you go, oh, wow, he is the light. He is. So when your view of Jesus gets higher and you just go, it's by, it's by Jesus alone I look at my life. No, here's what I do. I categorize my life. I got my spiritual life, got my physical life, got my financial life, got my relational life, got my friends. Okay, that's fine. But I want to invite you to not make them as an equal buffet of priorities. Oh no, it's one who's first and I'm following him. And I let all these things form as I follow Jesus. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I'm holding on to that promise. Here's the claim. Hey, I'm the light of the world. Hey, whoever follows me, here's the promise. Never walk in darkness. Hey, guess what? Following Jesus is your way forward. C.S. Lewis said this. Uh, How do I know Christianity is true? Because the sun rising in the morning, I not only see it, but by it, I see everything else. By by Christ alone, I see everything else. So when you face darkness, when you face difficulty, don't think as Jesus is one of the ways to get through this. Jesus is the way. And and, and you're going to (laughs) fail. I love this front row. You guys are amazing. I love you. Um, Because I think that when we think, uh, when, when we look at it, something difficult. Um, we tend to think this is impossible to get through, but God's not intimidated by anything that you're facing. Think about Genesis one. Think about the moment where he says, he looks at all darkness and says, let there be light. So there, there's nothing but darkness. And then God creates light. You with me? We tend to get to any moment and we go, overwhelming. But the one who said, first thing, let there be light, can look at any situation and just go, let there be light. He's, he's just, he's Yahweh. He's, so, so I don't care how dark, how hard, how impossible your situation seems. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the way forward. Those who follow him will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Take that promise. And then I just want to hit this last one because I think this is fun. 
is that the light creates joy. You know, people that live in like North Pole, South Pole, or wherever they start living and stop dying, I don't know, but like uh, like wherever there's just darkness, there's a lack of of happiness. Like, and, and you often find that you can find that correlation that even for us, sometimes when it's like a sunny day, we're like, yeah, smiles come out, right? Like, and, and in our spiritual lives, um, whenever we live in sin, hidden, in isolation, we tend to live with depression, defensiveness, anger, self-focus. But when you come out of the darkness and you confess and you get honest with God and you look, I mean, to the light, that's the place where people find wholeness and joy. Truth in my innermost being. And we love light. I mean, light, light is the place where when you're following Jesus and that's that last phrase, you'll have the the light of life. I mean, I'm just telling you, if you, if you feel like that's something that you live in this state of, you can't find real joy. It's found in Jesus and the joy of following him as the light of the world. You'll be surprised the fullness of joy that comes. And so many people will mock Christianity and have all kinds of different ways where they say that these people are crazy. But can I tell you that's not new? Can I tell you that's not a new thing? Like, don't be surprised by that. That, uh, I mean, just look at the history of Christianity and just know that that, that's a part of our story. And and yet, it's it's the Christ followers that walk with Jesus as their light that end up having joy in the midst of hardship, joy, life, singing songs. I mean, even, even the children of Israel with all of their celebrations, even in the wilderness, celebrating, singing. I mean, the presence of God being what unites them. And so I want to invite you to loosen your grip on your plans. I want to invite you that security is not found in you controlling your future. I want to invite you, even when you, when you look at the, the Christian life so much as I'm trusting in God, even though I can't see everything, but I see the one who is the light and he's guiding me. He's with me. And if you're in a very difficult place, you need more than a map. If you're in a very difficult place, you need more than a pep talk or a song. You need a relationship. You need a relationship with someone who leads you on a Sunday night, on a Monday night, on a Wednesday afternoon, on a Thursday night. That's, that's, he's, he's your leader. He's the light. He's the one that his very presence in your life causes all these lesser things to fade. And you'd be surprised in your own journey how much saying yes to the light, yes to Jesus as your light. I am the light of the world. I, I think that, um, I don't know about you, but for me, 
this, th- there, there comes moments where I realize that um, I've, allowed, I've allowed myself to get used to less of the light, and I need more. There's these moments where I realize I think I've started to tolerate living in darkness. Here's what I mean. Um, I think it's easy for us to have glorious moments where we have shining light, the light is clear, and we go, oh God, I can see these places in my life where I am, I'm, I'm almost pretending like the darkness isn't there. Um, so if someone turns on a light, all of a sudden you can see more clearly. And when you get revelation of who Jesus is, there's these moments, it could be in a, in a time alone with God. For me, oftentimes it's writing in a prayer journal. Sometimes it's in a worship service, right? Suddenly it's like the light goes on and I recognize I am tolerating fear. I am, I am tolerating, but, but just like our eye, you know how our eyes can get used to the darkness? So, so the longer that we're, there, that we're in a dark place, our eyes get used to that. When I was in high school, there was a little Baptist church that had a sand volleyball pit and we would play, me and my buddies, we'd play sand volleyball and only the, the pastor's son had a key to turn the lights on, right? And he sometimes came and he sometimes didn't come. And sometimes he would come once it was starting to get dark and boom, he turned the lights on and we could see better. Sometimes he didn't come at all. We'd keep playing, right? We'd figure out a way and we'd just get used to the darkness. We'd just try to figure out how to play in it. When Jesus comes along and turns on the light, when you see him, all of a sudden, there's parts of your life that you go, yikes, that doesn't look like Jesus. Wow, I've tolerated, I've, I've been, I, and, and it's, it's not even that you're intentionally pretending, it's just you've just gotten used to it. Oh, there's so much immorality around me, I've just tolerated what I look at on a screen. Oh, there's just so much anger around me, I've just tolerated hating these people. And sometimes you just see this moment where you just go, Jesus, show me who you are. I don't know exactly what the Mount of Transfiguration looked like, but I want to see the brightness of Jesus. I don't know exactly what John saw in Revelation 1. I don't know. When you made that claim in John 8, I'm the light of the world. All I know is that I want to be one of those people that respond. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. And I don't want darkness in my life. I remember uh, I was on staff, this 24-year-old pastor, and I had a bunch of buddies on staff. Some were on staffs, some were just like, you know, dynamic, cool young leaders in the church. We were all kind of doing life together, and most of us were all um, married with no kids and uh, doing our different ministries, and I was a youth pastor, 24. We got this, this new pastor came on staff. He was old. Like, I thought he was, man, he was, he was, uh, he was up there. He's 41, you know, like, wow. He's been doing this a while. And uh, I'll never forget when his presence on our staff. Because he, he came along, and all of a sudden, he had this massive priority of his family. 
So he had, and he had to. I mean, he had six kids. So I mean, he had a, you know, it's a big priority. But he was, it was, it was talk about it. And then he would talk about. He would talk about Jesus in such a way that he shifted the conversation. And I remember a moment where somebody made a joke that was probably not. It was probably like a questionable joke, but I mean, I don't know how bad. And he looked back and he was just like, just withdrew, just didn't even respond, just smiled. He's 6'4", so he's a little intimidating, you know, anyway, but didn't even respond, smiling big. And, and, but I remember thinking, because I was a, I mean, I was a Bible kid. I knew, I knew the Bible wasn't if, if I knew it, it as if I did it. <laughs> so I knew, don't allow there to be even a hint of sexual immorality. But I knew what we tolerated. We, we, we kind of, it's kind of like a little Christian fraternity. We just had a couple jokes. I mean, come on now. But I remember just his presence. Just, oh, just. And then I remember just the prayer meetings. You take the microphone and, you know, most guys would show up, do what they had to do. But he was there early. He had his Bible out. He was just, he'd pray with faith. And he'd pray for He'd pray for fathers to arise. And I just remember the way he would say, look, fathers, fathers that pray for their children. And he started giving ideas about what it meant to be a father. Wow. I remember one time, um, one of the guys gave, uh, went on a trip to Europe and brought back a silly gift. Really wasn't immoral, but it 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 was bordering it. And I just remember this guy just smiling and just being like, looking at us and just smiling and just saying, what what, is this, is this what, is this what we want in our church? Is this, and you know, you're you're 24, but you feel 14, like, oh, you know, like, and just the presence that this guy brought was just, it's as if every day the light of Jesus so bright in his life. And here we were, pastors, and his very presence, this guy's presence, just made us want to follow Jesus stronger. And what I realized was there were some areas that I was just allowing. I was just tolerating some, some darkness, just a little joking, frivolousness, just not the level of fascination with Jesus to lie the world the way that he was. So I like, I made this guy my hero, you know? Like, I didn't tell him he was my hero. I was like, well, <laughs> pray like he prays. Of course, I dreamed of being 6'4". That didn't turn out, but... But I went and I literally got, I moved my office, like I, I office next to him. think, I think that um, if we're going to be a radiant church, man, we got commands in the Sermon on the Mount to be the light of the world. We got Jesus telling us to go be a light. But where it all starts, it's not ultimately our light. It's his light through you. You won't have the light of Jesus flowing through you you're not with him and know him and follow him and fascinated with him. 
He's the light. And I don't care what you're walking through today. I don't care the level of hurt, sin, pain, bitterness, rejection, immorality, fear. The God who is light can bring life and transformation to your dark world. Today, right now, Jesus is still the light. Today, on whatever day today is, he's your light. And he can bring light to that darkest area. I want to invite you to stand. I want to invite our prayer team to come forward. And um, I just want this time, if we could have the prayer team, not just on these sides, but if you could come all the way to the front right here. And, um, I want to invite some of our staff and small group leaders. I just want to go a little bit longer today for just a moment. And even if you're a small group leader, but you don't normally serve on the prayer team, if you could just come on up here. I want to take just a, a moment. And we're going to sing... Worthy of all, is that right? We're gonna sing the song, Worthy of It All. And I'd like for you just to take just a moment. And some of you, you just wanna to go to God for just a moment. You just wanna say, all right, Jesus, be my light. And you just surrender this one area and just say, God, be a light in my life. And just get real with God. Some of you, you wanna do that from your seat. Some of you, you wanna take just a moment and have somebody pray for you. We're just gonna take this next moment and I'll invite you just either, either standing Maybe you want to huddle up with your spouse or your kids, but let's just recommit. Jesus, you're the light. And we come before you today and we just say, would you be the light of our lives? God, will we be a church where Jesus is the center? Jesus, would you lead us? Jesus, would there be, would, would the darkness fade as the, the brightness of Jesus shines in and through us? Would you lead us and would we be a radiant joyful people, living not in the dark shadows of lies, not in the dark shadows of sin, but out in the light. Confession, open, honest, following, filled with the life of God, radiating the life and the light of Jesus to Kansas City. We love you. In Jesus' name, I invite you, take just a moment and, and pray, just you and the Lord or have somebody pray for you. We're gonna take just a couple minutes and just, and just respond for just a moment.